So one big problem is they are works-oriented salvation. Right. It's that Jesus isn't enough. They say on their website that Jesus' atonement is good enough, but then you keep reading. Yeah. And it's like, it, well, you yeah. have to keep the Sabbath. You have to do these things. You have to maintain. Your past sins are forgiven, but your future sins aren't. And I think that's what makes them more dangerous is because it is so close to the truth right. that it looks good. The, the central figure is obviously... Ellen G. White. She she says that if you worship on Sunday, you have taken the mark of the beast. Yeah. Now that's a that's a problem. It's a different gospel. I'm Chuck Tate, and here at Fellowship of Believers, we encourage families, strengthen marriages, and edify the body of Christ. I'm Larry Grimm. We also promote biblical doctrine in a fun and engaging way. And I'm Sarah. And if it's Christian, we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Show. All right, guys. Uh, we got an. I, I still expect the hand clapping in the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Chuck is not here. He's not here. No, Chuck's not here. He's uh, off seeing his son graduate. That's right. Yeah. yeah, graduate from something in the military. Right. Maybe that's too much information. Maybe he doesn't want that out there. But um, anyway, th- so today we've got an interesting show for everyone here. So you're gonna have to bear with us here. It's just so- the three of us. So it's be a fun show. Yeah. So this is one of those shows. I, I was actually looking for someone to interview uh, because yeah, this is something that I'm not very familiar with until this week, right. and that's all I've been doing is listening to stuff on this topic and reading stuff on this topic. So I I feel like I'm a, I'm an expert now, but not quite. So I, I think we need to give a disclaimer. What's the disclaimer? Well, some toes might get stepped on. Some toes may get stepped so on. So you might want to, uh, if you watch this or listen to it, you might want to wear steel-toed shoes. So on this show, <laughs> this is you know, on this show we we talk about a lot of things. If it's Christian, right. then we talk about. Well, this may or may not be Christian, yeah, right. and um, we do talk about cults at times. There's certain groups that we'll talk about. Now, this one is very debatable. This is the <laughs> yeah, it's the Seventh Day Adventist, and we're going to be talking about the SDAs. And uh, so right now, people are like, "Oh, we're not a cult," but well, yes, you are. The <laughs> the the problem is that just like any group of people, you don't want to just paint them with a broad brush. So what we're really going to do today is talk about where they were founded and what they claim to believe. And we're not talking about individual people. We're talking about the actual beliefs of the church itself. Right. Where they started from, where they came from, the the teachings of Ellen G. White and, you know, all that. So obviously there is individual people within these groups and some of the groups have like, we're not really part of this anymore. Well, that's not my problem. You know, you, you have fundamental issues regardless. And there are a few issues that we're going to have real problems with if you don't want to be labeled a cult. So yeah. we were talking about, we were, we were thinking about how, how do we define a cult? Because the, the one big problem yeah. I found, first thing we, we, we were thinking about here was, oh, it's right there. Okay, what is a cult? Yeah, I did. I, I did a quick search and it came up with a religion regarded as unorthodox. Okay, that's us so far. Or a um, small <laughs> religious group that is not part of a larger and more accepted religion. Okay, that's and probably that us. has beliefs regarded by many people as extreme or dangerous. Right, and usually it's in regard to the person of God or yeah, the person saying, of Jesus. Usually it's based upon a person, right, an individual. Yeah, or well, yeah individual. a person itself, yeah. right, yeah. exactly. Right. Or they mess up Jesus. Right. Now, 
there's conflicting information here. So Jesus, if you go on their website, they have a correct view of Jesus. Supposedly, they have you know they believe that God is a triune God. Right. They believe yeah. in the Trinity. They believe Jesus was God, and his atonement and all that stuff. But if you dig deeper, they weren't originally. They no. were not originally a a Trinity group. Uh, and you say, well, that's unfair to hold us to that to that standard when that's how they started out. Well, they think about who was part of your group. You had Charles Taz Russell was a part of your group at yeah. one point, you know, the Millerites. And um, we'll get into that in just a second. But the um, so there's a lot of weird beliefs that they hold, but weird beliefs don't bug me personally. No. I, you know, we have some weird beliefs yeah. too and and I'm not so offended. Like there's a couple of weird beliefs that they have that honestly are we talking about salvation issues here with soul sleep or even uh, annihilation? I think you're wrong. And their annihilation isn't just their 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 version of annihilation I think is very dangerous and very very wrong. It's not just uh, a typical same thing with soul sleeps. They have a different idea right. of soul sleep than than what most people believe in soul sleep. It's 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 very weird. When and you say soul sleep, I feel like a lot of people probably wouldn't know what you're talking about. What you're talking about with soul sleep? Well, in the very basic idea, their their understanding of soul sleep, it's so confusing that I don't even really want to try to figure it out for you guys. Well, but, the one that I saw that I could figure is that they the basic tenet is when you die. Your soul is not in heaven or it's not in hell. It's right. waiting for the final judgment for, right. for your soul to be judged. And then you either go to heaven. Yeah, and I thought there was something been, more more to it than that, too, that while that is going on, something's happening as part yeah. of your redemption. I, I don't yeah. remember exactly, but but that is yeah. what you said is basic soul sleep. Right. And uh, I know some people who actually believe that. And I'm not going to say you're a cult because you believe that particular thing. Right. But there's the other things that will well, define you. I think you. you should say it'd be the preponderance of the evidence. Okay. So this would be one more thing. One yeah, thing exactly. to add to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just like a, and, 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 you, and something more. Right. Yeah. And there's well, more. Wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. Yes. It's just like, why not? Why not? We'll just throw that on there. Um, the uh, So let, let's just kind of go into a little bit of where they came from, their little history. Larry's the history guy. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, it's. There is a lot of mixed ideas of who started what or who came into into being, but the the central figure is obviously Ellen G. White. Right. And she was seventeen yeah. when she started having her visions. Yeah. So we got a lot of problems right there. Yeah, there's Okay. Because she's 17, because she's a she, or because of the visions? Because she's a her. Okay. Yeah, and, and because, <laughs> because she's a she, I'm like, I don't know. Okay. But because, yeah, yeah she's, there's a lot of issues, the visions themselves. Uh, she's a woman that's leading this group. She's young. Yeah. And there, there's so yeah. many. And then right. she married James White, not that James White. But um, uh, they came out of what is called the Millerite movement, right? right? Not the Miller Light movement, not the Millerite. Yeah, Millerite. So it's the Millerites, Millerites basically. Yeah. Do you, what, what do you know about the Millerites? Not much. Okay. Other than he miscalculated on his... Yes, talk about that. That was Miller. That was uh, William Miller. Mill, yeah, William Old Miller. Bill Miller. Yeah, he calculated that Jesus was going to return first in 19... Or, I'm sorry, 19... 1843. Right. Uh, he based it, I think it was Daniel chapter 8. He, there's something about 2,300 days or 2,300... 
Yep, something. Yep. Okay. He he equated that each day with a year, and then he subtracted something. Anyway, came up with 1843. And he was wrong, of course. Well, yeah, but because yeah, he realized he had a mistake in his calculation. So he fixed it, like we yeah. all do, right? When yes, we, it's going to miss a prophecy. Yeah, October of 1844. The next year. That, that's right. And that came along, and... Oh, and that didn't happen either. So. so what do you do then? You change it a couple months later, yeah, and, exactly. and then it became known as the Great Disappointment. Right. Because, and, well, this is something when people start putting their faith in what somebody says right. rather than what the Bible says, you're going to be disappointed. Extreme, I mean, especially yeah. when it's wrong. Right. When it's, it's, well, but eventually they said the date wasn't wrong, but their understanding of what happened. So, yes. So that now, was, now, that was, well, Ellen White actually, she didn't come up with that idea, but she... Had a vision. It. And yeah, she had a vision. It was her about first it. vision, yeah. I think. Yeah, one of yeah. Where basically, if everyone, anyone who is outside of people that are, because people started leaving, right? The church, they were like, okay, they're, they're we're, we're off. What are we doing? And she said she had a vision. She claimed to have a vision and said that anybody that is leaving the church is forever damned. Yeah. And there's out. There's, <laughs> there's no one sal- way to keep people in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, and there's no salvation outside of our church and. Step number one in knowing you're a cult is if you say that, yeah, <laughs> there's no salvation outside of our group. Yeah. <laughs> you're a cult. <laughs> you're step one into being a cult. So don't claim that there is no salvation outside of your group. That's that's absurd. You know. Right. Uh, you're walking away from Christ really quickly. But anyway, yeah. Ellen G. White and James White, uh, she was Ellen G. something. Right. She, <laughs> she got, was just chewing by L and G. Yeah. What's what's up, people? Yo yo yo. L and G. That was her street name. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but she married James White right, yeah. and became Ellen G. White, and yeah. she had over two thousand visions. Mm-hmm. Was visited and claimed to be visited by angels, which is oh. a huge problem. Yeah, there, that's another red flag right there. So I've been doing a lot of reading and listening to things this week on people that came out, and actually. The, the one guy that I would suggest, Dale Ratzliff, uh, uh, Dale as in Dale, and then Ratzliff, R-A-T-Z-L-A-F-F. So um, he's written a number of books on the subject, and he's uh, very well-spoken. He's been on Dave Hunt's program. He's been yeah. on Cultish. He's yeah. been, so he, he's well-versed in what they believe and from an earlier stage and even into today. And uh, they, they wrote a, he has a magazine or he doesn't anymore. I tried contacted him and he said he can't do it anymore. He's, he's just getting older, I guess. I don't know. I did, I'm not worth it. Um, so, uh, but he has a, they have a, their group has a magazine called Proclaim Magazine and they, they talk all things ex Adventists. Uh, and it's very interesting his perspective yeah. of how he came out of the Seventh day Adventist church, the SDA church. And into freedom, as he yeah. would call it, obviously. And so, if you are curious about more of the SDA, you might want to stop listening here and go check him out. You know, because he probably <laughs> well, no, knows. Finish something. this first, yeah, and then go check him out. But no, he he uh, had a lot of good things to share, and uh, he he had some very strong concerns early on. And they didn't answer his concerns, right. basically, like most cults. Well, yeah, that's, as I say, that's another sign. If you can't ask questions, right, 
then that you might be in a cult. Yeah, uh, if you're afraid to be challenged on something, uh, you know, and they don't give you clear answers, yeah. then you might be in a cult. Yeah. You might be in a cult if. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We should do a show on that. That's right. You might be in a cult if. Sometimes I wonder, you know, like what are we doing? But uh, they're, yeah. anyway, they, they but they basically said that at 1844. The investigative judgment came. Right. Now, this is a big eyesore in the SDA movement yeah. <laughs> because there are some that don't believe this, but you kind of have to. This is kind well, of how very you get away from that's a foundation. Yeah, like right. you said, it's foundation to their whole belief system. So, investigative judgment. What in the world <laughs> yeah, is I that? Know, <laughs> you know, how did they pull this one off? I'll well, tell you, that, that's another it thing. It's like it, they say our cults always claim things that you cannot prove. Right. You can't prove it's extra biblical. Yeah. It's so what investig what is that investigative judgment? Do you do you want to get it? Do you want to give a shot at this? From my understanding, it's Jesus left his holy place in heaven yes. and went to the holy of holies yep. and opened the book of life to block start judging and start yep. judging and blot out sins. Your sins could be forgiven, but if they're not blotted out, right, then you're you're still not saved. So Right, so that's a big, big problem because yeah. <laughs> now the redemption of Christ is at question here. And uh, this is where it's a big sticking point in SDA churches. Some of them don't, you know, that's why they don't like this. Yeah. And uh, they got some problems with this. And and this they've argued about that. They, in fact, had a group of guys try to really figure this out biblically. There's nothing in the Bible. Yeah, there's, not, there is, you, there's no way you can prove this in the like Bible. It's like the Catholic Church trying to prove purgatory in right. the Bible. You, you're just not going to. <laughs> so you just plow through like the Catholics do, right? That's this, right. Like, this is, it what, is it what it is. It is right? That's right. So th this is a big problem in their, their group is the investigative judgment, which is one of Helen G. White's uh, visions. Ellen. Ellen. Did I say Helen? Yeah. Helen. Yeah. Ellen. Ella. Ella. <laughs> so, okay. So, you know, so when we were trying to figure out, like, okay, is this a cult or not? The first thing you want to go to is the Christology, right? Right. Because like, most yeah. cults yeah. mess that up big time, is who Jesus is, who God is, and the relationship between that. And it seems on the surface they've got that right, right? You know, right, on yeah. the surface, yeah. Right. Nowadays, maybe not at the beginning, but they didn't originally start out as Trinitarians. But they are now. At least that's what they claim to be on their website yeah. and, and so on and so forth. So the Christology, which by the way, okay, going back just a second, there, there was a book called The Kingdom of the Cults. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by Walter, Walter Martin, Martin. Yeah. and uh, which I have it downstairs. It's a very good book, and he was going to put the SDAs in that book, and a group of people went there and tried to talk him out of it, and so it's not in there, but it's in the appendix. So it's yeah. not in the book, but it's in the mm -hmm. appendix, and and so a lot of people thought, well, good, we're not a cult, you know, but and so a lot of Christians don't see them as a cult because. They're just—they're not your—they're not Jehovah Witnesses right. or Mormons, where they're claiming Jesus is a created being or yeah. a brother of Satan or something bizarre. It's Jesus is Jesus, right? And I think that's what makes them more dangerous, is because it is so close to the truth, right? That it looks good, right? And it's yeah. And they definitely look good. They, yeah. There is a a sense of holiness to this group, and uh, I'm not going to complain about holiness, right. you know, or, or righteous living, but they do have a sense of 
uh, of keeping up appearances. That's yeah. for sure. Oh, absolutely. And uh, that's a big, big problem. So uh, anyway, what was I talking about? Well, Christology. Yeah. But, so that's like one of the things that cross Christology you, you mess up on. Yeah. Well, it seems like they they've got that one all right. Yeah. So then, what do you go to? Who is their founder? Well, yeah, I went to what do they believe about salvation? That okay, was one that's of the true too. At. That's yeah. true, but we'll get that yeah. next. So then, your founder, okay. because yeah. so most of us, like our founder, we're not part of a denomination, yeah, right? We, so my founder, we go back to scripture and we go back to Jesus, right? You know, we're, we're and if you're part of a group, you might even say I'm a Baptist or I'm a Presbyterian or I'm whatever. You might say, you know, way back, I don't even know who the Baptist would say their founder was, John the Baptist. Or something. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, they would trace it back to like the Anabaptists, right. the Waldensians, yeah, exactly. yeah. right? But. So the the um, uh, but their founder that's a lot of question marks. Yeah, the, LNG White has some some major issues here with the angel visitations and the, yeah. the visions and the prophecies that a lot of them are plagiarized yeah. from sources. You know, so it's just you got a lot of questions. Well, there. yeah, when you have somebody claiming that they were visited by an angel and given a revelation, that should be a huge red flag to you. Yeah, revelations. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Because three times in the first chapter of Galatians, Paul said, "If any man or angel come and preach another gospel than what we've yeah, preached, be cursed. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty so, clear. Yeah. I, and why these cults? All these cults will have their. Le- you can't even question their leader. Like when I've talked about Charles Taz Russell, it, it ends the conversation. Yeah. Think about that. I can talk about Jesus all day long, right. and it doesn't end the conversation. <laughs> but you talk about Charles Taz Russell or John uh, Joe Smith, Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. Yeah. It cuts down the conversation. You know, Ellen G. White cuts down the conversation. That should be a sign you're in a cult. Yeah. That you have this one main leader, and you you can't question this person, and what they say is authoritative. And it just reminds me a lot of. Now I'm going to get in trouble here. This is where the toes are going to get stepped on. Maybe I don't know. It reminds me of, of modern day charismatic churches. I was just going to say. That, that they have the same thing where, you know, the, the you'll know is the touch not the Lord's anointed. Yep. Uh, right. Yep. You yes. can't question that. And, and trust me, they will prophesy right. things that don't come to truth, <laughs> don't come to pass, and no one blinks an eye. No. And they're just like, whatever, they're just practicing, they're trying. Yeah. And I'm like, you're messing with people's lives, and you can't do that. And and so they held on to a lot of what she says as, as gospel truth. Um, but uh, but anyway, so let's, what do they believe? What do we have here? Let's. They have 28 fundamental beliefs. We're not going to go through no, all 28 no, fundamental beliefs, but you long. can go on their website, and they have 28 yeah. fundamental beliefs. Well, I mean, I think the first one that comes to mind, that's a big one, since their name is Seventh-day Adventist, is what's the deal with the seventh day? The seventh, Sabbath. You know? the, the Sabbath day, right? right. They obviously... Yeah. So they're Sabbath keepers. Right. They, right. they keep the Sabbath, and when we say they keep the Sabbath, they keep the Sabbath as much as like the Jews would keep the Sabbath. Right. Now, they probably don't. Uh, mm. If you read the Old Testament, but they they're Sabbath keepers. Right. They, they don't just worship on Saturday. They they probably uh, don't cook or eat don't or work. work. No. Um, you know, but Ellen White has a problem because she was the one who said that God yes. gave the Sabbath to Adam basically as a blessing to him. But there's no mention of Adam ever keeping the Sabbath. There. Right, right. God kept the Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> but the, here, the other thing that she has was, because this was becoming an issue, she had a vision yeah. and said that those that don't keep the Sabbath, and, and SDAs will say there's no difference between us. You yeah. just worship on Sunday and we worship on Saturday. Well, according to Ellen G. White, 
she she says that if you worship on Sunday, you have taken the mark of the beast. Yeah. Now that's a that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that means which, which is if they're trying to say we're the same, just some subtle differences, they got a big problem because if Sunday worship is from the papal and it's now they kind of changed it today to where it's a not an actual mark of the beast, but it's a sign of the mark of the beast. Oh, sure, right, right, right. So if we're worshiping on Sunday and we're, t- it's kind of a sign of the mark of the yeah, beast. We're participating. We're in participating. The, What's yeah. the difference? So we they can't be the same. Based no, we can't that. be yeah. the same. No, uh, they don't believe in eternal hell. Hell, no. hell. Yeah. hell. <laughs> uh, You're in the south, so that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> eternal hell. Uh, that would be a totally different subject. Why well, I don't believe in eternal hell either. <laughs> eternal hell. They don't believe in eternal hell. Once again, I'm, we're not going to talk about that. Obviously, we disagree. I'm not going to lose sleep over that one. You know, if they, I think it. it it, it, I said we're not going to talk about it. Um, so, but I, I obviously believe in eternal hell. Well, the problem with if you say, well, okay, there's a your soul is annihilated. Okay, then what's the problem? Right. You live your life of sin. You enjoy it, whatever. You die, and then your soul's annihilated. You yeah, have yeah, no. Yeah. Well, it's the same as the Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah, right. Same thing. And they'll just say, well, because death is death. Do you want to die? And I'm like, well, better than living eternally in hell, you know. Yes. But, um, but right. no, it's it's obviously we disagree. I think it impinges on God's character a little bit, but uh, I don't think that sends you to hell. Of course, they don't believe in it, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, um, okay, so they believe that Jesus' second coming is imminent. I, I don't have a problem with that, no. you know. Other than, I guess, I their version say, of it. Right, their right. version of it. And their eschatology is. Right. They have some issues with that, so. They believe in the visions and prophecies of Ellen G. White, and that's There's really a big, a big problem. problem. There, yeah. right? She has a lot of weird things that, uh, she had a lot of good things to say, too, I'm sure, but yeah. it's the bad things that we're concerned about, yeah. you know. Uh, soul sleep, the clear word. So the, the clear word, that, you know, a lot of cults, once again, they have their own version usually. Right, yeah. You know, the Book of Mormons have the Book of Mormon. The, uh, the Jehovah Witnesses have the New World Translation. Mm. Uh, the Baptists have... Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, uh, they have the clear word. Now, they're not going to... St- they don't claim that this is their Bible right. per se, but they sure talk about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brought up a good bit. Yeah. So take it for what it's worth. Um, now the other one is their healthy diet. They're, they're vegetarians, right? Which, once again, if, if you're vegetarian, I feel sorry for you because you're just not happy. Right. That's but right. you're you're. Um, I don't think it sends you to hell because you're a vegetarian. Well, no, it's not that. It, it's why right, exactly the why behind it. They is. are they're obeying the dietary laws. Which, by the way, the dietary laws don't forbid eating meat. No. You know, but that they've taken it a step further and no meat whatsoever. Um, I suppose they get that from the original in the garden where... Oh, sure. But there's a problem with that because after Noah came off the ark, God said, now you can have... The animals yeah. will be for food for you. And they're tasty. Yeah. So... Yep. <laughs> That's a little bit of a problem. But once again, if you're going to be a, veg- a vegetarian or a vegan or whatever, that's your deal. Yeah. I, I don't care. Uh, the highest ranking authority in the church is the general count- a conference. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of like, I would guess, like the, the watchtower would be to yeah. the, you know, they, yeah. they basically make uh, the rules. So anyway, that that those are some of the things they believe. And you're like, well, does that, what's where's the big, big problem? 
Well, the one big problem is they are works-oriented salvation. Right. It's that Jesus isn't enough. The atonement, they say on their website that Jesus' atonement is good enough, but then you keep reading. Yeah. And I it's like, it, well, yeah. you have to keep the Sabbath. You have to do these things. You have to maintain. Your past sins are forgiven, but your future sins aren't. You have to keep confessing your sins. And you need to hope that they're blotted out. You hope you, during the investigative right. judgment. Yes, so. <laughs> it's not. You, you just have no security. You have no security. You don't know that it's based on what Jesus did. Sure, wink, wink. Right. You know, but it's really. Well, you gotta you gotta help him out. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta do some good work. Yeah. There. So you're on their website right oh, yeah. now, right? So this is under the section that says, "How do we accept salvation?" And it says, "Jesus freely offers each of us the gift of total redemption from sin." Our part is accepting, and accepting this gift is straightforward. But then, if you keep reading, that sounds good. I'm like, okay, sure, I'm nothing sure, there. Sure. But you got to keep reading. Uh, Read you go on. down. However, while our part is simple, that doesn't mean it's always easy. Uh oh. <laughs> Which implies that we got to do something. Accepting God's gift means putting Him first. It means growing spiritually with Him as your guide into the person he created you to be. And God also gave us his Holy Spirit. This is one I, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, but he gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us through everything. And when you receive salvation, you give the Holy Spirit permission to work in your life. We now, have some power, man. Yeah. I don't ever remember reading that in the Bible, no. in the New Testament. I don't, Paul you know never why? said that. Because it's not in there. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, um, it's, it's problematic. They're, they're works-based. So they have a good look, and they like you to think that they're the same, but they're not. It's a different gospel. It is. It's a, total, it's yeah. a different gospel, especially it, you can't avoid the LNG White issues and yeah. the investigative judgment issues. You're going to have to deal with those. Um, why would we consider them a cult? Is it another gospel? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh, like many other Christian denominations, the Seventh-day Adventist Church believes in a core set of beliefs about God and salvation. And on Christianity.com, they have a list of them. Right there, and you can go to their website yeah. and actually look yeah. it up. The problem with going to the website, though, is that it is dressed up, right? And to you have to keep reading. Yes, right. and their terminology kind of changes to make it sound better than what it is. Well, I just thought it was interesting that I mean I don't know Christianity dot com, but I felt like on several websites they refer to SDAs as a Christian denomination. Yes. I'm like yeah. it's not Christian. Nor so. would they originally like they did not want to be part of. Christianity. Right. They, they originally weren't wanting to be a part of that. So it is kind of interesting. Yeah. But the, the grace plus law, saved by grace, kept uh, saved by keeping the law, that's a big, big that's one. Big you know, they problem. have to keep the law. And read the, read the book of Galatians every day, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and see if you can come up with that. Like we are free from the curse of the law, and that's a that's a wonderful thing. You can keep, try keeping the law, man. Good luck. And well, if it, it's just about keeping the law and then asking for forgiveness when you feel well, that's what the Jews did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And was it was it Paul said if you're guilty at one point of the law, you're guilty, guilty in all. all. So, right. All six hundred and thirteen, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Satan has a scapegoat. Now this one, I'm not so sure about like how 
they all believe on this. Like right. it could be one of those obscure beliefs uh, that that somewhere down the line, and and someone puts it on a website, and you're like, ah, oh, they believe yeah. that Satan is a scapegoat. So I'm not so sure about this one, but they believe that Satan as part as a sa- scapegoat. Like, what yeah. do you mean by that? What do you- well, there's a a chapter I thought it was Leviticus 16 or 19 that talks about the scapegoat oh, yeah. and the whole thing right, right, and right. showing they put the sins on the goat and then the goat runs off in the wilderness and obviously we know that to be a picture of Jesus sure. taking our sin but it seems like and there is some controversy about who believes this in the Adventist group right. but um, it seems like I mean there's definitely writings about that being Satan and right. he was the one that actually takes the sin because eventually after the investigative judgment or something they put all the sins on Satan yep. and, and then he gets Satan. annihilated and so yeah. on and so oh, forth yeah. right so he takes all the sin but that's not scriptural that's right. not what the Bible yeah. teaches and yeah. that's part of the atonement is- here's another thing where they don't actually read the scriptures completely because the Sabbath there's more than one Sabbath that's that's the, the other yeah. issue now yeah uh, you know, it, it, Jews would understand this. Right. You know, there's more than one Sabbaths and holy days, but why are you picking one? And the other problem with if you worship on any other day, there's many flaws with that. For one, the, the first day of the week, which would be Sunday, uh, is throughout Scripture, throughout yeah. the New Testament at least, but also from day to day. Like, well, who's yeah. to stop me from worshiping on Monday? Right. Like, okay, why can't, can't I worship on Monday? It's not Sabbath. You know, Hebrews tells us that we should get together all the more right. as we see the day approaching. And so we can't worship, or is it a, like we have to go worship? Um, and I know my, my understanding of that is a little different than most. But still, we can't get together on Tuesday and and, and pray and, and worship and, yeah. you know, stuff. No. Well, it just doesn't make sense because there are at least four, five, six passages where it talks about the first day of the week I know. is when they met and they worshiped God, they gave money, they did different things right. like you can look. So I'm like, what do they do with that? They, they, they ignore it. They, oh, they, yeah. okay. It was not part. And the other big problem they have is the investigative judgment with no assurance of salvation. And yeah. and that is the, the big kicker. You know, They like to think that the atonement and all that's the same. But when you really look into the investigative judgment, there is no assurance that you've been forgiven. No. It's, it's, no. it's like, okay, I have no idea that my sins are really paid for. Yeah, you, you know, know. what is, you're, you're really, you're putting into doubt a lot of things here at this point. So that is yeah. a big problem. And you're putting your faith in this, this group, the uh, council. Uh, what is what was it called? The um, conference. The conference, the conference, conference. Yeah, general conference. Yeah. You know, uh, Dale... Ratzliff, I was listening to him, and one of the things that he knew that the investigative judgment was wrong, but you know, he's talking to another guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I know it's wrong too. You know it's wrong, yeah. but just go with it, go. you know, because you're gonna don't make waves. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 gonna upset the apple cart. What what, what for? You're gonna lose your pension. You're gonna lose all this stuff. Well, to his credit, he was like, "Well, I can't do that, right. you know." And there was other problems that he saw, LNG White being one of them. And he's like I said before, he's written many books on the on the issue, which he wasn't going to. He was just gonna move on with right. life and just uh, you know be a preacher and and just get out of that and. Uh, uh, just preach Jesus, but he had so many people follow him out, and yeah. and, and and people asking him questions that he was basically uh, helping them, helping people make that transition out of yeah. you know Seventh Day Adventism. Okay, so this is not important, yeah, but it's interesting. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. We, we got a weird sense of humor and stuff like that. <laughs> but Kellogg's Corn Flakes was an Adventist creation, right? 
Yeah. They yeah. started because they Dr. Kellogg, yeah. He wanted they wanted to make a, a healthy vegetarian, vegetarian meal. And it's, nobody wanted to eat it. What <laughs> it was disgusting. Yeah, it's <laughs> ironic that it is now the poster child for Sugar foods, yeah, like frosted flakes. Frosted flakes. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's, they're great, <laughs> and I'm sure Kellogg's has made a number of other things. Oh yeah. Uh, the other one, ironically, uh, what was his name? O. D. McKee, who yep. was also a SDA guy. He founded Little Debbie. Uh, yeah, those little snack cakes. <laughs> well, there's no meat in them. There's no so, meat. That's a good point. Yes, but they're, <laughs> they're very vegetarian. strict on their I diet know. with, you know, trying not to have sugar and things that are bad for you. So And worse, it, he made Swiss cake rolls, the oatmeal cream pies. And right now, oatmeal cream pies, those are... Well, so what he would do, because you can't work on Saturday, right? Because you got to keep the Sabbath. Tell them what they would do. So in the plants or whatever what they would make all the little debbies on saturday they would have to cover up all the things that said little debbie they'd have to wear like different clothes so that nothing said little debbie because the founder was seventh day adventist so they're and making so, generic stuff at that point right oh oh yeah it wasn't his company making it right it was, yeah. so it's they so couldn't stupid. see anything that said little debbie on saturday because that would not yeah, they're still working. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I, I don't understand it. <laughs> right. But, uh, I mean, that was on Wikipedia, so I was like, funny. "What? I can't believe it." I that. could see that. Well, because you you don't want to lose the money of well, the right. production, so you yeah. gotta. Which is another thing. I mean, I don't know if you saw the the SDA church throughout the world. They're worth billions of dollars. Oh yeah. A lot of money in there. There's a lot of money in religion, Larry. Yeah, that's yeah, true. A lot of yeah. money. And, th- and this is why this is one of the reasons why we wanted to cover. It's not very popular in our area, right? Uh, th- like I said, there's not. It's not many people. I haven't really talked to any SDAs that I know of. But in the larger thing, uh, world out there, there's a good number. And yeah. a person asked me, "Hey, man, you guys should do a show on this." And I'm like, "You know what? I need to learn up." I got to learn about yeah. the, the SDAs. And uh, so this one's an interesting little thing. Ellen White's book, particularly Steps to Christ, have been enormously influential in SDA and have been widely translated. The Smithsonian Magazine named her one of the 100 most significant Americans. I find that absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like, what are we talking about? There's been a lot of Americans. I, I, maybe she's very one influential. But, yeah, but how many Americans have been visited by angels? That's a good point. John Smith, <laughs> Joe Smith, Joe Joseph, Smith, Joseph yeah. Smith, and uh, yeah. uh, anybody at Bethel. Oh, and, oh that's uh, true. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so there would be, there would not be an SDA church without Ellen White. No. And I think you have to understand that, that, yeah. that it would just be... A, a, they were starting to fall apart, and she somehow had these visions and stuff it. and unified yeah. the church. And they, her husband, he helped found the constitution of the church and... It grew from there, which yeah. is I don't understand. If you're calling yourself a Christian, this this kind of a pet peeve of mine. Everything we have, all our doctrines, they have to come from the Bible, right? That has to be our foundation. If it's not in there, then it's you can disregard it. You might find it as an interesting concept or something, but if it's not there, if you can't define clearly, then that's to be suspect at least at best. Oh, yeah. But well, that's the one problem with the charismatic movement. Maybe we'll talk about that in a later episode. Yeah. 
is that nothing gets challenged. When I grew up, I grew up in a charismatic church, and they did take the Bible seriously. But it does seem like a lot of these modern ones, it's just whatever you whatever feel, you, whatever yeah. you prophesy, it doesn't matter. And we just accept everything, and you're going to end up with problems like this. Well, Be- yeah, and how can you refute? Refute? Easy for me to say, huh? Even us Southerners don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Her experience. Right. That's the problem with a lot of these groups, like and like you said, the charismatic is you can't you can't argue against somebody's experience. No, you can't, but you can ex- argue the interpretation of right. the experience. And it sounds like she had a spirit guide. That's yeah. what it sounds yeah. like. And uh, to me, if she's saying she had this angel visit her all the time and reveal these things, which is very questionable in and of yeah. itself. Uh, because of all the plagiarism that took place, but the the um, that to me that would be like hmm, it sounds like a, a spirit guide, which is very dangerous. Yeah. You know, it, you're 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 going outside of Christianity to get your your doctrines, and right. you're going outside the Bible, which is like where were the men in the church at that time that she was a part of saying, wait, this is not scriptural. No, but, because it's moving. And, yeah. and and they were moving. They were growing. Yeah. And it's amazing that things like this grow. Know. You know, it's just someone has a vision and we go with it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But uh, what does the Bible actually say? Are we bored with the Bible that much? I, apparently some people yeah, are. I guess we are. Need, need something, something new. Need something yeah. new. Yeah. that new thing. Hey. Yeah, give me, give me that new thing. Yeah. <laughs> So, I anyway, say give me that old time religion. Yeah, that's right. But the the SDAs, I know we'll probably get a lot of feedback from SDAs like you don't understand and whatever. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, take it up with your own denomination and stuff because uh, I was reading X uh, people that were part of you and um, listening to their stuff and their testimonies and things like that and their books, and it seems like they make a pretty good point. Now, maybe they're misrepresenting, and maybe I'm misrepresenting, but um, but it's I'm reading. I can go to your website right. and read what you're, yeah. you're saying, and, and there's pretty big problems with it. Well, and it was refreshing to hear some of the testimonies that I heard on some podcasts, people that had come out of it and just found freedom in Christ. Yeah, and they're saying, you know, yeah. where a lot of cults, people come out and they're disillusioned. Yeah. And uh, so it is nice to see, because I was always, when I wanted to interview these people, I'm like, who are you? Are you even saved? Yeah, and right. as I got to read up and listen to them more, I'm like, I, I believe that they're on the right path and they yeah. know what they're talking about. They're not just angry at right. the church right. and uh, have a uh, axe to grind. They're actually believers now. So, uh, yeah, go check them out and hear their testimonies. If you're an SDA person, they came out of the church and read their books. If you're afraid to read their books, that should be a sign. Right. Yeah. I'm not afraid to yeah. read books that are yeah. against Christianity because I know in whom I believe. So it's... Um, or at uh, least if you have a question, compare what your church is saying, compare that to the Scripture. Absolutely. Yeah. So. And if there's a difference... If the scripture is saying one thing and your church is saying the other, trust the scripture. Yeah, so that should be a lesson yeah. even outside of uh, Seventh-day Adventist, uh, just wherever, because a lot of movements can turn into cults really quickly. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of control. People want to control. Pastors want to control, and they can end up going in a direction that is, well, controlling. And uh, <laughs> so you got to check, check yourself. The Mike Charleston Show. History with Larry. All right, Larry. All right. What do we have this week? 
This will be a fun one. It, well, the other ones weren't fun? Well, yeah, they were. Okay. <laughs> Let me close this. You got to excuse. There he's looking. There you go. Okay. He's, yeah, he's going to have to look down for because we get, we changed his, changed his setup a little bit, so he's got to look down at his notes. Yeah. But it's better. Uh, but than, I have most of it, so some of it I might have to look just to that's refresh. Fine. But anyway. We'll fill. Yeah. So this story, going back, not World War II this time, but World War One. Oh. Yeah. World War One. The Knights Who Brought a Knife to a Gunfight. Oh, yes. That's, okay. Yeah. Yep. So this is, takes place early Russia and the early, or not early Russia, but the early 1900s in like Russia. Prussia? In Russia, yeah. Okay, Russia. Yeah, so. Not and, Prussia. No, not Prussia. Russia. But, yeah. Um, but during this time, Russia was, I mean, it was kind of still a backwards country, even by the early 1900s standards. So, and today it's not? Um, they're a little more modern <laughs> so, <right>. today. <laughs> okay. But, uh, they do have electricity today. But, let, me, um, let me stop you there real quick. Sure. Uh, okay. So... Russians, like even to this day, we were so brainwashed when we were kids that Russians were evil. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. still f- feel like they're enemies of ours? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We do. Of course. Early eighties and all yes. that. The whole yeah, the Cold War we're, and all like, that. None of, but we don't trust Russians, right? No. no. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's been, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I was gonna. Never mind. I better stop. <laughs> so, uh, most of the people. In that time period, they lived like serfs of the Middle Ages, so they're kind of tied to the land. Sure, sure. And uh, but there was one group that um, a, a lot of the people in the remote areas they sort of live like time forgot them. They just kind of but, they're so, cut off. Yeah, they were cut off. And uh, uh, and the Russian Empire at the time was huge. I mean, it's Russia's yep. a big country yep. now, mm-hmm. but uh, it stretched from the Pacific Ocean to all the way to. Um, to where it ended, yeah. Modern day Finland, yep. um, and then also, so the region we're talking about now is the uh, the. I'm going to pronounce. I'm going to pronounce these names wrong. Okay. They're Russian. Larry, so. yeah. Caucasian mountains. The, the Caucasus. The Caucasus. Caucasus. Yeah, the Caucasian mountains. Yeah. Yeah. The, were they white? The, yeah. <laughs> I guess they were. <laughs> but the, so this group, the now this I'll pronounce wrong, but it's spelled K H. Where did it go? K H E V S U R S. So, how would you say that? Kasavs, Kasurs. I, I have to I don't see know. it because you lost me with the K H. I know. I don't know how to pronounce it. But <laughs> they were a remote people. They lived what you're in, <laughs> in what is considered now Georgia and Armenia in the in the mountain region like near Atlanta. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, not that Georgia. Yes, they, the country. Yeah, the country. They got word that there was a war. Yeah. I mean, how could you not, right? Right. So it, it took like months for this news to travel for them to get it. Yeah. But then it also took months for them to respond because they had to wait for the mountain passes to thaw out. So oh, they could well, pass of course. It yeah. They yeah. were on horseback, but they did make it. They showed up to the governor palace in, uh, I don't know how you say this, Tif- Tiflis? T I F L I S. Yeah. This was in 1915. So they showed up. They showed up on horseback with broadswords and chainmail. Hey, they're knights. Yeah, they look like. They look like. um, We've got to go face those machine gun fire. That's right. (laughs) uh, Now, there was a legend that they were actually descendants from knights that were fighting in the Crusades that actually fought in Turkey. Were they keepers of the Holy Grail? It doesn't say, but maybe because they were up in the mountains (laughs) fighting. Yeah, so they were. But they... 
But that was a legend, so nobody knows for sure where they came from. But they, they, what we do know is they were actually warriors who were ready to fight. And sure. so they showed up at the governor's mansion or palace, and they were looking for a fight ready to go. And What did the governor do? Like, guys. Yeah, they were a little surprised that they showed up, and they were dressed in... How many are we talking about? I, I don't know, but okay. there are quite a few. Yeah. So they... Now, obviously, there's got to be a picture somewhere. There are actually there are some okay. pictures of okay. them, and yeah, they do look like um, kind of medieval yeah. knights. But um, the Cossacks yeah. were they the Cossacks? You know, they're they're uh, you don't know the Cossacks? No, I don't oh, they're Russian um, uh, warriors back in the day, time of Napoleon and all that, yeah. where they were on horseback. The Cossacks, they would uh, uh, huh? the cavalry basically, oh, but yeah. without guns and stuff. But they were the Cossacks. Well, they hadn't guns during Napoleon's time. Well, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't horseback guns, you know. They, they didn't. They, they, they would do the charges, you know, charge. and they, yeah. yeah. Well, there is a twist to this story. Oh, there's a twist. There's a twist. As I was doing some research on this. There was a time machine involved. No, it turns uh, out that it's not all that it appears to be. Oh, do tell. Well, they were actually a real people group. And they, okay. one of their hobbies is they like to fight and drink. Uh, 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 they would have uh, given the Irish and the Vikings a run for their money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do they drink a lot of vodka? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the whole story of them showing up as knights, where, you know, because one story says they had uh, the Jerusalem Red Cross on their. As a flag, okay. and on their shields was a Latin Ave Mater Di, or whatever. Uh, sure, I don't whatever. Speak Latin. The, our, um, Something of God. Holy Mother of God. Okay. But huh. that actually is a legend. Oh, it's, it's not actually true. Oh. Although part of it is true. Like they were a group of kind of, they look like medieval knights, but they were actually just a group of people that live in remote areas and they weren't really caught up with technology or technology didn't catch up with them yes they weren't aware yet and they were just a group that they were ready to fight they said hey there's a we got word of there's a war let's fight that's right and so they showed up that the legend actually came from a an american adventure writer his name was richard halliburton now i don't know if he's connected with the Big uh, worldwide construction company. I was going to say Halliburton. We we have a a suite over there at LSU with Halliburton. Anyway, I don't know any connection, but he was actually an American adventure writer who saw these guys and he kind of romanticized that they were actually sure descendants of knights. Yeah, but uh, this was actually. But they actually, like I said, they didn't have firearms. And they showed up with swords to fight in World War So it's kind of like the, the samurai. Yeah. You know, when they were getting phased out because of the new guns. Yeah. But they were still very effective. Yeah. Um, but eventually, modern weaponry took over. Yeah, it's kind of hard to um, win a battle when you have a knife and the other guy has a rifle. Yeah, he doesn't have to reach you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Pretty <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. much. But, yeah, but, uh, I mean, just, it would have been quite amazing to see these guys show up Absolutely. with uh, swords and chainmail and yeah like you well, what are you guys doing modern firearms yeah that's unbelievable so yeah but th- but like i said a lot of it was romanticized by an american writer who sure um i don't know if he mistook them as something they weren't or if he just embellished the story to he make was just it just a seem good like, writer 
He's a good writer. That's yeah. right. He Just wanted to tell a good story. Yeah. So those are the, that's the story of the Kevsers. Kev, I don't know how you say it. I don't speak Russian. I don't. That's another thing. Their language. I don't. How do you put a K and an H together and get a sound? I K H. Yeah. Well, like khaki. Yeah. Well, that's true. Mm. That's Russian. But the, yeah. Oh. yeah. Is it? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that was the, they were a fighting group, a yeah. fighting tribe that actually existed, and they did show up with swords ready to fight. That's in World crazy. War One. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I hope they didn't send them out to battle like that, though. That uh, been... No, from what I did research, they actually did teach them and, and give them firearms to actually fight. Cause they and now they're the it. Afghanistans. <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, so. <laughs> that is not true. No, That's... it's not true. <laughs> the Mike Charleston Show. Music with Sarah. What song do you like? All right, babe. So this this uh, segment, the music of the week, the song of the week, mm-hmm. we know this one because you've been playing it all the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I have been playing it a lot. I also was trying to, Elizabeth and I were trying to learn it on the guitar. And um, Yes, you were. Still have a little ways to go on that, but it's that's okay. Right. So anyway. But this one is from City of Light. Yep, City of Light. It's called I Want to Know You. I Want to Know You. And it, Not that I Want to Know You. No, there's a lot of songs that have I Want to Know You, so... But anyway, but if you look up City of Light, I Want to Know You. No, it's not my anthem song. But um, anyway, I love this song. Um, I think actually um, one of the Tates, Laura Tate, had showed me this song, and um, I like it when people bring songs to me that they find really... Yeah, go ahead in the Um, comments, add more songs. Yeah, (laughs) so anyway, so I listened to this, and I thought, wow, I love it. I love the... um, the meaning of the song, obviously, from the title, you can guess that where, where it's going. I want to know Jesus more? Yeah. Uh, okay. And um, anyway, but I feel like that's um, the chorus is my favorite part. And that's what, you know, you just, the verses there are, I guess, three verses. And so they're hard for me to remember all the words, but the chorus I could just sing on repeat all day long. And um, anyway, the chorus says, I want to know you, Jesus, my Lord, King of the heavens, King of my soul. I trade my treasures and all my rewards, Jesus, to know you, then know you more and um i like that it says king of the heavens and king of my soul it's like he's king of the heavens he's king of everything like he's over everything but yet he's also you know king of my own Mm -hmm. soul anyway i just think that's that's cool but then um that i trade my treasures and all my rewards it's like no matter what you know like when paul says um i count everything as lost or dung or whatever that i might know him i feel like that's um, it's so true. And in this life, there's nothing that compares to knowing him. And so I feel like it's just, it's a great song. And um, I like on the verses it has, um, but what I need your word has said is ever only Jesus. And then on the second one, it said, this weary heart finds all it needs in ever only Jesus. And one of my favorite verses mm-hmm. in the Bible is Second um, Peter 1, 3, where it says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And it's like he's given us everything that we need and everything that we need for life and godliness is all found in him. And so yep. when it says this weary heart finds all it needs in ever only Jesus, it's like that, that's it. I mean, you just, there's nothing more that we need compared to knowing him isn't that the verse that i always try to remember and i'm like what's that what's that verse yeah that's that's a good one so anyway so um and then the it has a bridge at the end it says oh it's a bridge 
It says, um, like wave after wave on the ocean, which of course waves go on forever and the ocean's really big. And I'm um, like all of the sand on the shore, your beauty and glory are endless. Oh Jesus, I must know you more. And I feel like no matter how much we know him, no matter how much we know of his word and understand who he is and you know, all that he is, it's like, we'll never get to the end of it. No. So, I mean, it's just, it just goes on and on and on. And so that is my heart's desire is to know him more. Yeah. So, I, I think that should be all of our desires, right? Yeah, it should be. Is to yeah. know him. That's the point of the Christian life. I hope that it's not just, hey, I got a hell free. Right. And hopefully it's because you want to know the creator of the universe. Think about that. Yeah. The, the God of this universe wants a relationship with his children and we have that ability to and that is just awesome and he wants us to know him he wants us to seek him it says if we seek him we'll find him so i'm like it's not just he he doesn't want it to be where he's just up there and we're down here and we do our little thing it's like he wants to have a relationship with us he he wants us to know him well i was just talking to a customer of mine today and somehow we got into talking about marriage Mm -hmm. and because my my daughter was with me and her her husband and uh, we got talking about marriage and and I said, really, at the heart of it is to get to know one another is at the end, the goal to really know each other. Yeah. And and she's been married, I don't know how many years, almost 50 years, 40, 40 years, 50 years. And um, she would say, yeah, I, just to know the other person is a good thing. Well, think about a creator, to get to know our creator, to yeah. know him. Uh, yeah. That's a lifelong pursuit. A, a, yeah forever eternity pursuit yeah. right i mean that yeah. is that is the goal is to to know jesus the one who saved my soul yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah it's a good song it is a it's good, good song, song. so go check it out city of light they, they i believe they're from australia or maybe they're from new zealand i don't remember i don't know where but, they're from but they do have some yeah. sort of accent so yes. anyway it's on um the album only a holy god only a holy so, god anyway good album some other good check ones on out. there the mike charleston show Marriage. All right, babe. We got one more chapter left, and or no, we got we're getting near I think the we end. We have we have three more chapters. Okay, three more chapters. Yeah. Uh, this chapter is called "Are We Waiting?" Are we waiting for what? Are we waiting? Um, yep. Well, this chapter, I talk about waiting on God. And so the question is, are we waiting on God? And we live in America in 2023. And so everything is rush, 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 rush. (laughs) And so we just go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And so, um, but the Bible has a lot to say about waiting on God. Um, The verse that comes to my mind is, they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. strength. And I feel like sometimes we are out of strength and I wonder, hmm, maybe we're not waiting on him. And I feel like so... (laughs) Yeah, so often he has so much that he wants to give us and show us. And, but we just, you know, oftentimes check our little box, like read your scripture, your devotion for the day, you know, say your prayers or whatever you do. And um, we don't really take time to To wait wait. on God and to wait and to see what he has to say or to let him actually lead us and guide us. We're just like, okay, I did what I'm doing. Okay, get the kids in the car. We got to go, you know? And so um, this chapter is pretty much just. um, to admonish people to stop and admonish to take... them or encourage. Okay, encourage. Maybe I don't both. know. I, I mean, think they're kind of the same, aren't they? That kind of, but one admonish is a little bit more correcting. Oh, okay. Well, not. Well, I guess it could be, but anyway, I think there is. Um, 
much to be gained from waiting yeah. and just stopping and pausing your busy life and just saying, okay, God, Let's I want fair, what you want. Our life shouldn't be that busy. It shouldn't right? be. We keep making things easier and easier, more conveniences, and we our are life still is more just confused. Yeah, it's we are so stressed out, and we are uh, we're the most stressed out people in the history of the world. But yet we yeah. have the most conveniences. Yeah. So something's got to give here. Pretty much. Why can't we just rest? You know, people are talking about we need a day of rest. I'm all for two days of rest or three days of rest. <laughs> but but honestly, we do need to just sit back relax and listen and that's important we're so we want an answer right now especially today like i get get a text message from a guy and and i don't respond right away he gets a little upset like i need an answer now oh my good night man give me a chance i'm busy right now but you know not that god's busy and can't listen to you but we need to wait on the lord and um yeah, I yeah, always well, I always took that verse as waiting, as in like a waiter serves, is busy yeah. working. Well, um, but I mean that's waiting. good too to think of waiting on God like a server and like yeah. okay, God, I'm going to work for you today. But um, I don't know, and I feel like um, recently I was talking to one of the kids about waiting on God because you hear stories about um, maybe people from times past that will say, you know, I, I went to pray and I needed an answer from God. So I'm like, God, I'm not leaving here till you answer me. Right. And, you know, those are stories and sometimes they did get Well, they didn't have anything else to do. It wasn't like they had their TV show to watch well, or their movies true. or their books or their, that is their true, kids' but... soccer game to go to. And right. Well, I, I so, kid, but yeah. So I don't know because... I mean, we truly can't just oftentimes just go sit in my prayer closet and wait the whole day. And it's like, you know, I do have things to do and things that I need to take care of. But um, I don't know. I feel like this is where I think that you can say, okay, God, I do want you to guide me. I want you to direct me. I want you to speak to me. And even when I get up from my prayer closet or wherever it is that, you know, you go to try to talk to God or whatever, um, I feel like. I can still be waiting while I go switch loads of laundry and mm-hmm. while I still whatever. And like my attitude is still like, God, I'm still like, I still want you to show me. I want you to speak to me. I want you to lead me. And, and you don't so, have to have your ears full of music or podcasts or whatever all the time, unless you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't, you don't always need to have something going on in your yeah. life. You, know, you can, yeah. you can just keep waiting right. on him while you're yeah. doing that. But I think he has good things. So I think we should wait on him. Absolutely. Let him Sounds good. Get the book. Check it out. We're getting toward the end. Hey, this is Joshua Charleston, the producer of The Mike Charleston Show. Thank you for listening to the show. If you want to follow us, we're on Facebook at Mike Charleston Show and Instagram at underscore Mike Charleston Show. Please support us on Patreon for exclusive content. This episode is over, but if you want more, check out the website at fellowshipofbelievers.org for more information. The Mike Charleston Show has been brought to you by Fellowship Believers.